Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie Lenape and Canarsie lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show! Group numbers are a tricky beast. They can be fun, create atmosphere, build excitement, and even be necessary to plot. But danger lies ahead. If they become too long, too complicated, too unnecessary, or just a burden on the audience. And we want to avoid that at all costs. But how? Step one, ask yourself, why does this need to be a group number? If you don't have a ready answer to that in your head or your gut, or if your answer is, well, because I want it to be, then you may want to reconsider making that song a group number. The most important thing here is to know why a group of people are going to be singing, and there are a lot of potential reasons, but you have to have a concrete reason as to why. It could be as simple as, this is a vaudeville show, as with all that jazz from Chicago. Or, everyone is celebrating a wonderful time, as in this was a real nice clam bake from Carousel. Or, we're trying to discourage newcomers as in Iowa Stubborn from The Music Man. No matter what the reason, it has to be a compelling one in order to go beyond speech and have an entire group of people singing. Step two, is this a full ensemble number or a small group number? Do we need the entire town to break into song about how hard things are, or is that something that our main characters can do as a group? Does this song moment alter the world of the show? Because if so, that might be a great reason to have everyone sing. Does this song only affect the protagonist and their main counterparts? Well, then maybe it's more of a small group number. Are we setting a scene or an atmosphere? Then that could mean a full ensemble number. Are multiple characters and their plots about to intertwine? Well, then maybe you only need those characters to sing this song. There are plenty of options here, but ultimately you need to know who this song moment is most important to and whether or not this would cause them to sing. Step three, are all of the characters singing of one mind? The answer to this question is likely going to determine for you whether everyone should be singing the same thing or if things need to be split into different material. For instance, in that Iowa Stubborn example, the entire town is of one mind about the way that Iowa works, except for our main characters. So the entire town sings it, but not the Peru family and not those who aren't from the town. In God That's Good from Sweeney Todd, the entire ensemble sings of how delicious the meat pies are and how they want more. Sweeney, Lovett, and Toby also all sing in this song, but they sing entirely different material. Not only are they not eating the meat pies, but they know what's in them. So, in this group number, we have Mrs. Lovett's theme as she schmoozes and serves and talks to Sweeney. We have Sweeney's neurotic theme as he's preparing, and we have Toby's theme as he's out announcing the wares, in addition to the ensemble's theme as they eat the meat pies. How many themes, melodies, or sections you have will probably be dependent upon who's agreeing or disagreeing with whom, and if any of them are of the same mind. Step four. By the way, if you're getting any value out of today's video, please give it a little like so that it can spread to more musical theater lovers like yourselves. Thanks. What is the sound of the song and how does that connect to the journey, message, or goal? 
For instance, if we're feeling upbeat, optimistic, and driven, we may sing something akin to everybody say yeah, yeah, from Kinky Boots. However, if we're being forced to leave our home behind as we move away from a potentially lethal situation, we may end up singing the sad and plotting Anatevka from Fiddler on the Roof. If we're scared of a threat that feels unknown and we're lashing out because of it, we may sing No one mourns the wicked in those dark, mysterious tones that kind of build an intensity. There are a million ways to write a song, but the tone and the feeling should always match that of what's being sung and always coming back to the answer to that first question of why. Step five, what are the harmonics like? Is everyone singing in unison? Or is there harmony because everyone is singing the same words and general idea, but it can be more expansive than unison? Or maybe we have a lot of different themes all being sung at once and crossing over. This often happens because people are singing about the same event or goal, but from different perspectives. It reminds me of One Day More from Les Mis, where everybody is singing from their own perspective about the upcoming battle that's bound to happen at the barricade. Or it could be because everyone is sharing a similar feeling, even though their goals are different. It, that reminds me of the quartet from Jekyll and Hyde. Everyone's feeling confusion and apprehension, but they're in a slightly different place. At this point, you should also bear in mind the ranges of the characters you're writing for, because that could also affect the harmonic structure. Step six, write it, write it. You've acquired enough information to dive in and write the thing, huzzah! Because then all the real deep work comes in. Step seven, try it out and edit. Chances are you probably overwrote and need to scale back, but maybe you underwrote and didn't give enough context or time for development. The only real way to know is to sing it through, hear how it sounds, what it feels like in context, and then determine from there how much song you actually need to get the job done. Often, you can't really know this until you hear the song in the full context of the show, which is why doing readings at this stage are particularly important. But when you get the song edited to the point where it's doing the work you intended without losing your audience, that moment is pure gold. When in doubt, there are three key pieces of advice from Stephen Sondheim that can act as your ultimate guide, and you can hear those by clicking here next. Otherwise, thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers! Thank you for listening to Musical Theater Writer Guy, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review this show as it really helps others to discover what you already know. And please do share this show far and wide so we may all become an even closer musical theater community.